0: Welcome to the Leave Better podcast, where we coach you how to overcome what's holding you back from your next level. Our goal is for you to win in your business and life. Join us in engaging conversations with extraordinary people. Here's your host, certified coach and licensed therapist, Miriam Gunn. Hey friends, I'm just happy today to have Ashton Rodenheiser with us. She has a company called Mind's Eye Creative. And if you're watching the video, she's got this awesome poster of all these different people, different skin tones, different, different everything, different hair. You love to illustrate and you love to help companies with their communication. So Ashton, welcome and tell us a little bit about yourself and your company.
1: Thank you so much, Miriam, for having me. It's such a pleasure to spend this sunny day with you. Yeah, so I started my business as a graphic recorder, graphic facilitator, live illustrator. There's lots of names that people call us. Started this journey about 10 years ago, actually. It was late fall of 2013. I had taken my first class in this type of work, and I was totally hooked. And since then, I have decided a couple of years in that I was going to start a business around it. And it's been quite a wild ride. I get to listen in on some really unique, interesting, complex conversations and discussions and get to work with different people from all around the world, visualizing these complex conversations. So it's been really, it's been a real joy
0: so far. Well, I I love it. I do a little bit of art myself. And so anything artsy just makes me so happy. Explain a little bit about the skill of i mean obviously you have to have the skill of drawing but before you have the skill of drawing you have to have the skill of listening and understanding
1: and distilling now, i actually entered this field as a facilitator first so i was in a lot of situations where i would be listening into groups of people synthesizing what i'm hearing feeding back to that group in words what i was hearing asking those questions and just like really loved a lot of group process. And it felt like a very natural progression for me from coming from a facilitator world into this world, graphic facilitator world, because I had already spent a number of years sort of honing in those listening skills, those thinking, those synthesizing of words. So as a facilitator, the way that I saw it was that I was feeding back in words what I was hearing from the group. But now as a graphic facilitator, I could feed back in images. And as we know, you know, the cliche "Have a picture's is worth a thousand words. I just noticed how much it was resonating with folks and how it helped bring people together. It helped people feel heard beyond just facilitation style or skills, which is, you know, a very, very valuable skill in itself but i just saw how much the visuals really added to that conversation helping break down those complex ideas and shortly after i was introduced into this world i just basically completely left facilitation behind and went 100% all in on this work cuz i knew i really wanted to figure out how to do really really well and i knew if i split my time between two worlds that i wouldn't be able to give it the care and attention that are really needed for me to do it really, really well. So now I just get to like partner with amazing facilitators in a lot of situations. So yeah, that's sort of kind of how I entered this space. And it really is a matter of balancing sort of what you're hearing, synthesizing and trying to honor what's being said in the room, either by multiple people or like a speaker on a stage and trying to reflect back. The wisdom from those folks or from that person. Does this happen in
0: real time or are you present and it's recorded and you're there and you're getting ideas and then you go home or whatever and you create it and you bring it back? How, explain how that works.
1: Yeah. So when I started, I kind of just ripped the band aid off, to be honest with you. So I went all in on the live aspect of it. So let's say you have a keynote presentation, it's 45 minutes. During that 45 minutes, I'm listening, I'm drawing very fast, I'm writing things down very quickly, I'm synthesizing things in my head at lightning speed, (laughs) and when they're done at the end of that 45 minutes, my goal is that I'm pretty much done too. I've created a visual representation within the time constraint that I'm given. So if you can hear keynote speaker and you can see my drawing unfold and they're saying something and I'm writing and drawing a picture to it at the same time, basically it's reinforcing that learning. It's like engaging more parts of your brain and helping solidify what you're hearing. So that's sort of part of the philosophy of why I like to do it live. You know, it's very captivating and fun to watch, you know, and people tell me that it's like really like good for my ego. But I know that there's a lot more things that are going on behind the scenes that people may not necessarily be thinking of from a learning comprehension memory retention kind of perspective. So my job when I'm doing it live is to really try to encapsulate that time and elevate that message so that it's remembered and doing it in real time. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: I can, I have not ever seen anything like this in real, like, I guess I haven't, maybe I haven't gotten out enough. I haven't been to a (laughs) a keynote, you know, where this was being done, but I love the concept because you do remember so much differently. If you're hearing and seeing, and what a great job.
1: I love this. Um, I remember back in 2017 and I was going to a tech conference. It was, first, it was the first conference I ever had to get on an airplane for. And it was my first like real big tech conference. And I had downloaded a couple videos from previous conferences to look at on the plane. And that was a bad idea. I totally was freaked out. I had myself totally freaked out because I was like, I have no idea what these people are talking about. <laughs> and they were such a beautiful organizing team because they totally took a chance on me. And we're like, we've never seen this before, but it looks cool. So why don't you come? And I'm like, OK. And it was such an interesting experience. Experience as sort of like my first. I felt like it was like my first real big event that, you know, having to fly to and all of that. Plus, this like very technical topic, which now I do all the time is like no big deal, of course. But at the time, it was absolutely, I was absolutely terrified doing that. Part of my
0: podcast is just helping entrepreneurs and high achievers kind of move through that next level. When you were doing this new thing, you're hopping on a plane, you you saw some videos that got you totally freaked out. I'm pretty sure you still went and performed admirably. How did you kind of calm yourself and help yourself like show up with the talent you knew you inherently
1: had? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. To be honest with you, I I think I just was like, well, I'm here. I have to try my best. Like I have to figure it out. And I think I feel like even though I've been doing this for so long now, there's, I still have, I don't know if it's like true imposter syndrome, but it's definitely like, do I know how to do this? But yeah, I think I know how to do this. (laughs) So I definitely had that in the moment, but I don't think that's ever really gone away. So I think you just persevere no matter what. And about five minutes in, you're like, oh, yeah, oh yeah, I can do this.
0: I can do this.
1: Yeah. There's something um, about just starting. You yeah. Know? And because it's such a, there's such a quick feedback loop with this work that like once I did, usually once I do the first one. I get such positive feedback that I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do this. And it gets you through the rest of the day or the rest of the event. I have, you know, been able to work with some really amazing people that just really celebrate what I'm doing. And that definitely keeps me like, okay, reminds me like, okay, I, I know what I'm doing. I can do this. And that. remember after the very first speaker, they came in they're like, look what she's doing. Isn't this amazing? And that felt very like, okay, like they're happy, I'm happy, like it, like let's just keep tracking along. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know somebody who says that confidence is not something you have before you do it, it's something you have after you do it. And right. I yeah, mean, true. Yeah, you've just really illustrated that no pun intended. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me an idea of your vision for your company. Uh-huh. So right now, I'm actually in a bit of a transition space where I'm going from the, basically the, from the illustrator to the teacher. So I spent the last year working on a book. I did multiple beta rounds of reading with people and getting feedback. And, and this book is about, there's a term that's commonly used called sketchnoting which is a personal form of what I do. So what I do, a professional form has different names, like I've I've mentioned, but sketchnoting, which was coined by a man called Mike Rohde, that's the very like personal note-taking. And I believe that taking notes in a visual way is pretty powerful. And I think it can be a skill that is learned in a very short amount of time, It's not complicated. You don't have to be an artist. You don't have to know how to actually draw anything to learn how to do it. And uh, yeah, I think it's just a powerful school skill that anybody, especially kids in school, can learn to take their notes in this unique, fun, engaging way that actually helps you remember information long term. So yeah, I'm sort of in the transition space right now with my book coming out in a little bit. And I just launched like a little online community that's sort of growing slowly but surely into teaching people how to take this skill set that I've sort of perfected or mastered over the number of years and helping people learn it for themselves for their own personal learning. I feel like I'm not quote unquote special in the sense of this skill set because everybody can learn it even if they don't consider themselves an artist or creative or anything. I've always been really passionate about bringing creativity and painting it into a new, just trying to like basically redefine what creativity means. Like back in 2012 to 2019, I organized, founded and organized an art festival in my very small community. And it was really about like, expanding people's minds of like what art is, because we have such, I find such a limited view of what it is. And it's so much beyond just going to an art gallery and looking at a beautiful painting on a wall. And it should like creativity should be an engagement process, like a hands-on in in process process. (laughs) And yeah, so that's sort of where I'm leaning in for my roots a little bit in terms of my or values around what creativity can mean for people and how they can engage in their own learning, their own abilities and all that good stuff when it comes to creativity and and drawing is, you know, a thinking tool, right? So Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I love that you have this larger vision. And what I hear you doing is you're paying your bills by going to these various things and doing your craft. And meanwhile, you're creating this other thing on the side that eventually you hope to transition to maybe in a full-time way. Would that be accurate?
1: Mm-hmm. It's pretty accurate. Yeah. Like I know there's only so much I can physically draw and that I have busy seasons. I mean, spring and fall are usually like my busiest seasons. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. It is hard. Like I went to my massage therapist yesterday and he's like scolded me to do my, we have a great relationship and he like scolded me to do my exercises and my stretches and things. And it's really hard. You wouldn't think necessarily, us. it's actually like pretty, not just emotionally, mentally draining, but very physically draining as well. So, you know, when I'm doing an online conference, I'm sitting all day for eight hours straight. I cannot move, right? And then when I'm doing it in person, I'm doing it on a gigantic pieces of paper so people can see it. And, you know, that's a lot of hauling and lugging and bending and twisting and all of that stuff. So from a body and like burnout perspective, I could see that I could potentially be heading that way and probably not that far out. (laughs) And I'm also very passionate about the education of this and trying to look at what that looks like to sort of be that educator of this and if it takes a couple of years like that's fine like I'm ha- still happy to to do what I'm doing and serve the clients that I have and like I said majority of them are incredible human beings and I love working with them so I um, want to continue doing that for now but like you said we'll also sort of building this other
0: yeah this yeah. other
1: piece on the side but not trying to put too much like pressure on it right now no yeah. no no let it build. No, that, that
0: makes a ton of sense and has a lot of wisdom to it. I mean, what you're talking about, and I don't know if our audience, you know, if they put themselves in your shoes for a second, any kind of artwork requires incredible focus. But now when you're listening to someone and drawing it, it requires that you be attuned for that, like totally attuned. You're not distracted by the fact that your eyebrow is itching, except it is, but you can't do anything about it because you're drawing and whatnot. And that's exhausting to do Mm -hmm. that, you know, over and over and over. So I think I think you're wise to create this space. So we always do a little bit of coaching in the context of this podcast. And I wanted to ask you, you know, given all the different things that you've talked about, What's an area you would like to push into and go deeper in?
1: I think the like the biggest thing that is kind of coming up for me right now, because I almost feel like I'm basically creating a new business within my business with with my book and my community and like basically like rebranding myself as the educator and not the illustrator. And I definitely have been feeling some feelings about that. I think the biggest thing for me right now that I'm struggling with is this kind of a bit of like an identity crisis and like a visibility slash thought leader kind of like even just saying the word thought leader like makes me want to like draw to my mouth a little bit. (laughs) but it's like the positioning that I have as like, I am an expert in this. Like I have things to share. I have things to say. I, you can learn from me is a completely different thing. Whereas even though people see me drawing all of the time, I'm never showing my face. They're always seeing the drawing. So sometimes I'll joke when I'm at an event and I'll, show my back and be like, oh, this is what you probably recognize, you know, because a lot of people don't actually know what I look like. So it's like that. That's like the the biggest thing that I'm sort of coming up against right now is this like, what does it look like to be comfortable being visible? What does it look like if I had called myself a thought leader and and like I don't want to sabotage this this aspect that I'm going into because I'm worried about people seeing me as And the rejection from like my face, (laughs) whereas I've had a lot of rejection through my work. And I'm like, if you don't understand the value of my work, either I didn't do a good job articulating it or you just don't want it for whatever reason, like that's fine. But this like thought leader, visibility, like whole space of me putting myself out there in this way. Is definitely uncomfortable for me.
0: Well, I love your astuteness to be able to differentiate between those two places and how interesting that you have the skill set for rejection with your work, but you don't necessarily have the skill set for rejection with you. So, what would that skill look like? Your ability to separate the work from who you are in this new space. The ability to separate their reaction to my public persona versus mm-hmm. me as a human being my worth as a human being right. talk about that a little bit
1: oh it just makes you like it just makes me like want to shudder when you say it It's just like I don't know how to articulate it into words but it just feels it just feels very different to me and I don't I don't know what I'm truly afraid of when it comes to that. Like the thought of like leaving someone leaving a bad comment on a YouTube video. I'm just like just thinking about it. And I'm like, I could deal with that. That doesn't mm-hmm. seem that scary. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's like this because like I've always been very private i've never wanted to be the center of attention like i eloped because of it like i didn't even want to walk down an aisle and let everyone mm-hmm. staring at me it's always just been very i just let my the things that i do and create in the world kind of speak for themselves and try to you know separate the ownership from me you strike me as someone who is
0: incredibly authentic and so when you are drawing for someone else it it is you aren't you it is your skills but you aren't putting you out there they aren't your ideas they're their ideas exactly. and you're illustrating their ideas yeah in this new venture you will be working with your ideas and right. i think that's where the rub is if you could say share Sixty percent of you, and reserve forty percent. Like it's a one hundred percent authentic in the thing that you're doing, but it isn't the core of you. What Mm. would that look like?
1: Mm. I don't know. It's probably going to be my answer for all your questions. I just don't know. I think, but reflection on that question, though, I think. I felt like, before you asked that question, that me being visible and sharing my ideas that I had to be 100%. So now I'm saying, well, maybe I don't need to be 100%. And what would that look like? I'm not sure what that would look like. But I've thought a lot about, of course, like authenticity. And I know when I show up, even though it's scary, I've been trying to show up a little bit more like real in some things that I've been sharing with folks and they've been really resonating well with people. So that does tell, like, gives me, like, encouraging feedback. But I don't know what it would look like to reserve. I'm not sure I have to think about that a little bit deeper. I know
0: some thought leaders who share everything. And then there are other thought leaders who share extremely deeply in their bucket, whatever that bucket is but they don't talk about their family or they don't talk about their children or they don't talk. You know what I'm saying? Like they are 100% there for that thing, but they aren't, you don't get access to 100% of them. And I think that's how they work with some of what you're talking about. When you're a private person and you're doing something that's extraordinarily public, you're going to run into this clash of values. I want to be Completely who I am, but no, I don't want to put all of this out there for you. Yeah. 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 So when you think about this school that you're creating, I mean, just play with the idea for a minute and say, okay, I could be a hundred percent authentic here, here, and here. And I would like to reserve this, this, and this, mostly because you haven't played with this idea before.
1: Right. Yeah, I never necessarily thought about that. And as you were saying, like some people Put a hundred percent of like that one section of their lives, like I could even like think of a few people in my mind I'm like, oh yeah, I don't actually know anything about that person and their personality like their you know their family dynamic or anything like that, but I know what they're known for, so yeah, I even like had a few people like come to mind that I feel like would fit that 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 way of working i yeah i i do I have shared things about my life and my family, and i've had positive feedback about sharing sort of many aspects of my life I've had people tell me they hired me because of this they're like oh you're just like you have family and you have kids and it's so great you know so you know I do like to and like being like being a mother is like extremely foundational to who I am as a human so like sharing that just feels like natural because I'm like I'm mom like that's that's it like that's my life right so yeah I don't know yeah okay I think about this dash. <laughs> yeah, good. Good. It feels to me
0: like that's the insight you were looking for. I I usually coach for one insight and
1: yeah. when the
0: person gets kind of stopped and they're like,
1: yeah, they
0: give you the dog cocked head look, you know? Yeah. Then it's a good moment to stop and just let them reflect. So, yeah. I I have just loved this interview, Ashton. It's been
1: so much fun. Do you want to just share how people can find you? So people who want to work with me as a like, professional graphic facilitator or live illustrator, they can go to mindseyecreative.ca. And so I just started a new website called sketchnote.school. And so everything that you want to learn about sketchnoting is on there. And you can sign up. I do like a weekly newsletter on Saturdays called Sketchnote Saturday, where I share a sketchnoting tip or a trick. And, and yeah, I have a book coming out in June called The Beginner's Guide to Sketch Noting, And it's been a labor of love. And of course, all the socials, Twitter and, and LinkedIn is where I hang out the
0: most. Excellent, Ashton. Thank you so much. For sure. I'm going to check out some of that stuff.
1: Great. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to pursue more in the self-development realm for you and your business, contact us at leavebetter.com, where you leave better, and in addition, you leave the people and earth around you better as well. Think about this. Where you are currently is as a result of the decisions you made six months ago. Similarly, the actions you take today set you up for six months from now. So do something today that pushes you toward that next level of you. One last thing before you go, become the dealer of growth in your sphere of influence by sharing this episode with two friends. And if you'd like to help me personally, leave a review because yes, that actually does help. Now go be intentional.